Welcome to The Everyday Saint, where young Catholics inspire young Catholics as we're all grasping towards heaven while walking on earth as everyday saints. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Eve Rosemary, and let's get started because there's so much goodness to share. Welcome to the Everyday Saint podcast. Today we have Tati on the podcast, um, which I'm so excited for because whenever I see Tati, she's always so joyful and always has a smile on her face. She's a barista at our local coffee shop as well um, and makes the cutest latte art. Uh, and it's just <laughs> such a wonderful person. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah. so honored to be on here today. Yay! Um, yeah, so I'm Tati, Tatiana. No one ever calls me Tatiana. <laughs> <laughs> It's always Tati. Tatiana's too much of a mouthful, I feel like. Mm, Um, Yeah, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a junior at Benedictine College. Um, I'm a barista. That's kind (laughs) of my entire personality, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But being a barista just brings me a lot of joy. Amazing. And what are you studying? English. English and philosophy. philosophy. Very Mm -hmm. cool. All right, well, why don't you just start out by telling us um, about your faith journey and what that's looked like. Yeah, um, yeah, so I, I'm a cradle Catholic, I feel like a lot of people are cradle Catholics, um, (laughs) yeah, but I'm a cradle Catholic, um, but I think that that brings with itself its own unique set of challenges and difficulties, um, because as a cradle Catholic, I've found it hard, at least me personally, to make the faith my own, because I kind of feel like it was handed down for me from my parents, um, and I was super, super blessed with a wonderful supportive family we would go to adoration weekly we would say night prayer morning prayer um so yeah just super blessed with all that support but at the same time like there's there's always a struggle with being a cradle catholic and that's how do i make this faith my own and how do i like learn to accept this for myself and so that was something that i struggled with for a while um i mean for just for for a long time through middle school through high school um and i kind of just struggled with like, like, yeah, like, like I, I accept all of these truths, but do I really, like, love them, and do I really, like, live them out, um, and, yeah, I would just kind of struggle with just, like, sitting in adoration, just, like, not, not feeling anything, and I was, like, why, like, like, why, like, why am I here, um, and I, I, it never crossed my mind that Catholicism wasn't the truth, because I always kind of accepted it as the truth, but it was just hard for me to just, like, love it and live it out, really, um, but yeah, um, that was just kind of a theme through high school. I would, I would go on retreats and they were, they were awesome. They were, they were good retreats. I'd get back, I'd be on that retreat high and be like, yeah, this is, this is awesome, man. And then after a week or two, it would just kind of like fade out Mm. back to normal every day. Like what the heck, man? (laughs) Um, but yeah, like flash forward to college and it's kind of the same thing. I'm so trying to just like figure this out. Like, like, what like what what does the faith mean to me personally and what does what does it mean now that like I'm on my own and I'm not like surrounded by my family who was supporting me um and it got to the point where I mean it was just it was that but it was also just combined with like the normal freshman year college anxieties Mm -hmm. um classic um and yeah so like first semester freshman year I was kind of a train wreck um (laughs) in some ways I was getting super anxious about, like, like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Like, what am, like, what am I here for? Like, what am I going to major in? What am I going to do? Like, how the heck am I going to, like, live out my vocation? Like, what even is my vocation? Like, I had, I had no idea. Um, and that combined with, like, I would go to adoration and I'd just feel nothing. And that was just, like, 
I had I had no idea like all all this all this anxiety just all this like like feeling nothing like just feeling lost and hopeless feeling like I had to do something but not knowing what feeling like like I knew that I had to do something for the Lord but I just didn't I didn't know what it was and I had no idea how I was supposed to like use any of my gifts to like serve him in that way and it just got to the point where I just like feel like all of my gifts are just inadequate mm-hmm. um and that was that was just really hard freshman year um but there was this one moment um it was it was like first it was like the end of first semester freshman year um and it wasn't really like a special moment or anything and I feel like um a lot of times when you're listening to someone talk about their testimony they're like yeah I had this big like flames of fire holy spirit (laughs) descending in tongues um and my experience was not like that at all um I would say that my experience that night um it was absolutely absolutely 100% an encounter with the Lord I know it like I know it was um but it was very quiet um and I was I was sitting in my room in my little dorm room freshman year my tiny little dorm room um and I I was just reading but I wasn't really reading I was kind of just like like my mind was whirling and my my, my mind was rolling with like all all these anxieties all these things that I was just like always constantly thinking about um and then all of a sudden I just felt like this peace like descend upon me um and it was it was so calm it was so quiet um it wasn't tongues of fire it wasn't like a rushing wind or anything but like I know without a doubt that it was like that moment was given to me by the Lord and like the only thing that I can really call it is like an encounter with the Lord but an encounter with beauty um first and foremost um because the Lord is beauty and that's a whole thing that I really really love talking about <laughs> um but yeah just in that moment like I I knew that and I know that, like, like these ideas did not come from my own head because the, they they were put there by the Lord and they were put there, like, when, like, this rush of calm came upon me. But, like, I just knew, like, without without a doubt that, like, whatever gifts I had that I previously felt so inadequate, um, there was, like, a little, a calm little voice in my head that was telling me, like, your gifts are not inadequate when they're used for my service and when they're given to me. Um, and I think that night I just, like, I ran over to adoration, like, after that, and I was, like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing, like, like, oh my gosh, um, (laughs) I was like, what just happened, (laughs) um, and it was just, it was so calm, and it was so peaceful, it was, it was just always, like, the Lord in my head, and he was like, just give your gifts to me, um, just, just give them to me, and I will take them, and I will make them new, and they're not inadequate when they're used for my kingdom, and when they're used for me, um, and yeah, like, ever since then, my anxieties that I've struggled with have been gone, um, praise the Lord, um, and I'm not saying that I don't struggle with other things, because I do, but, like, one thing I've learned with that is that surrender is continual, and it's not, like, a once and done, um, like, that was probably the, my first true moment of, like, yeah, like, I, I surrender everything, the sitting generation, I was, like, I just, I just, I, I give everything to you, Lord, um, but, like, surrender is not, like, a once and done thing, and that's, like, the number one thing I've learned, is that every single time you go, to adoration or not even that like every single minute of your day like you should be surrendering every encounter to the lord and that's like probably the number one thing that has just changed my life like that realization um yeah that's that's a little bit of my testimony i feel like it could be longer i could go more into detail about it but that's the quick little version (laughs) yeah and it sounds like 
God was really calling you to, like, give over that. Like, everything that you were struggling with was, like, all the anxieties Mm -hmm. and the fear. Like, those are things that are not of God. Yeah. Like, anytime we feel anxiety, it's because we don't trust in the Lord. Or anytime we feel any insecurity, it's more of a, like, Mm -hmm. um, a reflection of what we're going through and that something's not right with our relationship with Mm -hmm. God when we're experiencing those emotions. Because we're not laying it all down. We're not surrendering it all. Um, What does that look like to surrender that to the Lord. Like every moment should surrender, but it's like, okay, but what does that mean? And how do we do that? Yeah. Um, something that I've been telling some girls, well, I didn't, I was a missionary over this past summer and I would have like a new small group of girls every week and we would kind of be talking about the same things every week I found like because mm-hmm. a lot of high school girls had the same kind of questions mm-hmm. and so I would tell like most of my girls um, like what that really looks like practically is just like it sounds so cheesy and I kind of hate saying it, it sounds really cheesy but I always say like live in the present um, and it it really sounds like just like a little cheesy fortune cookie <laughs> mantra but it's really not because what that means is um, even with a busy schedule, you're not looking forward to what the next thing is. Like, you're not doing one thing just for the point of getting it done and moving on to the next thing. Um, So even if I have, like, a super packed schedule, I'm not like, okay, like, I have a shift now. After that, I have to go to class. I'm going to get the shift over with so I can just, like, go to class and then do whatever. Um, Like, that's not what practical surrender looks like. Like, practical surrender and living out this in the everyday life means... um, like, taking, taking that moment, living it out, so me saying, like, yeah, like, I have this, I have this two-hour shift, like, I'm going to live it out, and I'm going to encounter every single person here, because that's, like, what Christ would want me to do, um, and that's what it means to, like, that's what it means practically to surrender every moment to the Lord, is just to, like, take every moment for what it is, and not what's going to come after it. Yeah, because it's yeah. so easy to look at your schedule yeah. for the day, and you're just, like, okay, once I get past this, I'll be at peace. Mm-hmm. Or once I am done with this class, I can go take a nap, and then I'll feel so much better about, yeah. you know, everything yeah. else. Um, which can be true sometimes, but really it's like, okay, why do I have this class today? There's mm-hmm. something I'm supposed to learn in this class, mm-hmm. that God put me in this class. He gave yeah. me these gifts that I'm supposed to be in this major to take this class in the first place. Mm-hmm. And if you just bypass all of that, you're bypassing the gifts that God's going to give you in that mm-hmm. moment. Um, And I think that's kind of what you're getting at is that if you don't, even if you have like a busy day ahead of you, Mm -hmm. or if there's something that you're struggling with, if all you're focusing on is like the anxieties or the like, I just got to get past this feeling, you're not going to be able to live out like your life like Mm -hmm. God is intending you to, because there's so much in that day, even when there's other stuff going on Mm -hmm. that if you bypass that, then it's like. God's kind of sitting there with, like, these two hands full of gifts to give yeah. you, and you're just, like, walking right past him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, instead of being, like, taking the time to, like, go to him. And mm-hmm. even as you were saying, like, when you're working or when mm-hmm. you're in class, you're encountering people, and through people you're encountering Christ. Um, so you're doing a disservice to those people if you're not present yourself um, and taking the time to get to know them or ask them how their day is. Yeah. Uh, just because you're so focused on yourself and yeah. getting to the next thing. Yeah. And a lot of times, like, that's your only encounter with the person. Mm -hmm. Like, especially with, like, working at a coffee shop. Like, we always say at Holy Grounds, like, make your drinks with care and with love and with prayer. Because that's, it might be one of, like, a hundred drinks that you're going to personally make that day. But that's the only drink that that person's going to receive Mm -hmm. that day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, like, similarly, like, that's 
the only like someone that I encounter in class or at a shift like that might be one of like 200 encounters I have that day but that's the only encounter with that specific person that I'm gonna have or it might be yeah 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 I worked Mm -hmm. at a Marshall's yeah (laughs) um over Christmas break and my favorite store in the world but (laughs) um but one thing that they they would say that similarly of you know, you don't know what that person's life looks like, and you might be the only yeah. person that talks that person talks to yeah. all day. Yeah. And it's like, are you going to make that encounter meaningful? Because yeah. you have no idea yeah. if like they have talked to anybody that week besides you. And that you know, fifteen seconds yeah. of, oh, here's your drink, or like, how are you doing mm-hmm. today? Are you doing well? You know, yeah. that makes a big difference. And people hold on to that and remember that even if we don't even realize no, yeah. that that's a thing. Yeah, and there's a lot of beauty in like a, a single encounter, no matter like how short it is. Mm-hmm. that yeah um, and I know something you were like drawn to was the beauty so can yeah. you go into that a little oh my bit gosh, more yeah. I'm really curious <laughs> I I love talking about beauty it's just my favorite thing um so God is beauty and this is kind of just like the first guiding principle that you always start with like God is beauty um and if God is beauty things that are beautiful on this earth reveal him um and I this there's so many examples of this um like you can you can go outside and you can see like a beautiful tree and you can you can think to yourself like if you let like your imagination activate then you can say that tree is so beautiful oh my gosh and then you can from that um kind of ascend into thinking like who created that tree and who created Mm -hmm. that tree to be so beautiful and oh my gosh like whoever created that beautiful tree must be even more beautiful than that um and that's one example um i found that there are like encounters like, we were just talking about, like, simple encounters can just have so much beauty in them. Like, wow, like, this this person's so cool, or, like, this was such, like, a meaningful encounter. Like, whoever allowed me to have this encounter, like, must be even more beautiful than that, and I must be able to have even more beautiful encounters with him who created this opportunity. Um, and I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me, and this is probably because I'm an English major and I love <laughs> writing, <laughs> but um, there's so much beauty and, like, power to evangelize through that beauty within art and within literature especially um and like the power of fiction to evangelize is something that I've written like two essays about and like probably want to write another one about someday (laughs) probably like talk about someday honestly um but in a simple sense like arts and literature and music and a painting and whatever like they have this physical beauty to them and whether that's like oh you see a beautiful painting um or like you listen to like this beautiful music or you're reading a book and you're like wow like this is a beautiful story or this is beautiful prose um like those works of art and those things they reflect um or they they reflect they they should echo they should activate in you like the echoes of something that you might not otherwise be able to like say or like explain or like reason through um, I was reading, I was reading a book actually for one of my classes that explained it, like, I might not be able to write a treatise on, like, Aquinas, or, I forget what it was, it was, like, Aquinas, or, like, good, and good and evil, whatever, but when I sit in mass and I listen to, like, the, like, some, like, chant, he gave an example of the chant, but I forgot what it was, he was, like, when I sit in mass and when I listen to this chant being sung, like, my soul actually, like, ascends, um, with the music and with the art to like a higher beauty and I start thinking about that or from from the beauty of that music I start then thinking about like a higher beauty so I start then thinking about God um and so like the power of art 
to evangelize through beauty is so so cool to me um yeah <laughs> yeah I'm a big fan <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and it is those like three you know the good the true and the beautiful yeah that's how you find mm-hmm. God those are like our physical yeah um recognition of God yeah. is through those things mm-hmm. uh, and little signs from God of like I'm here in this moment and that's mm-hmm. why you know everything in the mass and in the liturgy is meant mm-hmm. to bring you upwards or yeah. even if you look at the monstrance it's something that's grand and something that you don't see because it's meant to be beautiful and draw us nearer yeah. to God how have you like experienced that in your own life like you said your essays on it and sure. um, yeah yeah, what was that, like, <laughs> specifically, like, yeah. of, of reflecting on it? Yeah, well, I mean, I wrote essays about it because I kind of wanted to. Okay. Um, I took, like, a modern Catholic fiction class, and we were we kind of read about whatever we wanted, and so I wrote, Catholic fiction has great power to evangelize, and it was great. It was so fun. Um, so that was actually for a class, but I'm glad that that class gave me the opportunity <laughs> to talk about it. Um, I think specifically, like, for fiction, um, and this is, this also kind of goes back to my testimony because I talked about, like, feeling that my gifts were inadequate, but mm-hmm. in realizing that, like, when they're given to God, they are more than adequate because they're used for his service. Like, I was kind of, like, speaking about, like, my writing, um, in a sense, because, like, like, I, I would feel like, oh my gosh, like, I, like, I could, like, what am I gonna use my writing for, you know? Like, this is, this is, like, so inadequate to do anything, um, but then I realized, like, no, like, my fiction and my writing can be used for evangelization, um, because fiction can tell, like, fundamentally human stories, and when you read, like, a well-written book, um, about, like, fundamentally human characters, and there, like, there's so many books that I've read like that, like, Maya and, like, what else? Maya is my classic, um, <laughs> Brides Head Revisited, um, like, the Space Trilogy, any C.S. Lewis books, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of books I could rattle off. Um, when you read any of these books that are about, like, just fundamentally just human characters, like, in all their flaws, um, in all, like, their depictions of sin and messiness and, like, human, like, just fallenness, um, even in that depiction, like, like, there is great truth. And as an author and as a writer, like, you have to have such an understanding of humanity to be able to write that, um, because when the reader reads that, um, the reader can see, like, the truth about humanity, or, like, a truth about humanity, you know? Like, when they're reading about a fundamentally human character and their flaws, they're like, yeah, like, 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 that touches my heart, like, like, I, I get that, like, that resonates with me, and that's because the author understands humanity to a certain extent, um, and then the reader can say, like, like, yeah, like, I, I totally get that, so, like, how do I live, like, how do I live with this, or, like, what's a potential solution to this, 